Yeah, eat, sleep, fantasy, you rocking with the best. NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs, better follow. The conversation with Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming, eat nation, we doing what we like. Tune in every week, guarantee we get it hype. Fantasy, football enthusiasts, I know you plan to be. Joining us on Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Yeah, Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, that was definitely trailing in um, not very good enthusiasm, but my name is Dale, and joining me is Wade Green. What's up, Wade? What's going on, Dale? Glad to be here. God, I hate doing intros. I that's Me and Christian had a thing. He always does the intros, and I always do the outros. When I do the intros, it it's just a clusterfuck every single time. I don't even know what I, I even said. I blanked out. All you all you had to do is say, "Hey Wade, can you do the intro because I suck at them." Yeah, and I would have been like, "Sure, Dale." But then I'll every, do the intro. But then everybody listening would have been like, ah, "I don't want to listen to this episode." Yeah, touche. Uh, Wade, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Wade is an OG, ESF OG. Uh, he ran our board bets the first year, um, and has been in and out of our lives ever since. Um, he knows mostly his stuff. in. Yeah. Yeah, he's in uh, leagues with us. He's very active, big-time member of the fantasy community, and we're lucky to have him on the podcast filling in for Brito and Armando tonight. So it's going to be fun um, because I kind of feel like I can do anything I want because Wade can't fire me. And I know the listeners can't see, but I'm blushing right now. (laughs) All right. So uh, today, guys, by the way, uh, don't forget, at the end of this episode, I hope you guys liked the Trapped in the Closet uh, recap last episode. We did episode we did uh, chapter one last week, so the end of this episode, we're going to do chapter two. Man, if you guys haven't seen chapter two yet, you're in for a treat. Chapter one, I'll, I'll, I'll recap everything later, because it's, uh, it's going to be amazing um, doing all 33 chapters for you guys as the uh, season approaches. But uh, Trapped in the Closet, if you don't know what it is... Again, uh, just, I'm wasting time. I'm sorry. We'll talk, we'll talk about it at the end of the episode. This episode is going to be awesome, though. Wade, why don't you tell everybody what we're doing this episode? So what we're going to do today with the NFL draft closing upon us, we're going to take a look at some of the wide receivers that are most likely going to be drafted on um, probably about day one through... Um, day two, maybe into day three, depending on how it goes. But these 10 wide receivers are going to be the most fantasy relevant going into the season. Now, and we'll get into it a little bit more. um, And we'll, we'll kind of pick on which ones are going to stand out. But this doesn't mean that just because we talked about it in this episode, you're going to want to go snag them in the second round of your redraft league. But for your deeper leagues, your dynasty leagues, or if you're in a league that has a big bench, uh, some of these players are going to be the ones that you want to snag up and hold on to and see you know, if they come around weeks four, five, six and actually prove their worth on your bench. Exactly. I mean, for me, the biggest thing for me was let's give our listeners something to know for the NFL draft. Like, all I care about is fantasy. I'll be honest with you. Like I'm a big Dolphins fan, and I really follow the Dolphins. But outside of that, I'm just I'm all fantasy. I don't care about real life football. Um, so looking at the draft, I just want to know who's important and who's not. I don't care about the left guards getting drafted. 
I care about the good wide receivers, the good running backs, the good quarterbacks, the good tight ends that are being drafted that I can use later on. Uh, I know it's all connected. Uh, you know, don't don't email me and say that they're not. I get it. But you know, the the wide receivers here are guys that you're going to want to know. You know, they, they're going to make an impact for you. So we have ten here. We're going to go in order. There's it's really no particular order. I don't think it's in alphabetical order. I don't even think it's in talent order. But we'll just get started right away. Did I babble long enough for you? Uh, you can keep going if you want. Okay. No, I'm good. Because usually Christian stops me talk from talking. And oh, I'm not going to stop you. I'm just going to let you go until it gets really awkward. Right. Yeah. And it will if you let me. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about Cortland Sutton here from SMU. He's projected to be round one to round two type guy. Uh, over almost 200 receptions in his career, over 3,000 yards, 31 touchdowns. A player comp that a lot of people are talking about is he's kind of an Alshon Jeffrey type player. Uh, Wade, what do you what are you thinking about Cortland Sutton? What do you know about him, and uh, what can we expect? For me, it ultimately comes down to every single one of these players, um, every rookie really that gets drafted. Where are they going? Because if Cortland Sutton and Sutton, I'm sorry. Um, if he gets drafted by, say, the Bears, it's going to be a much different impact than if he goes to Seattle. Sure. So what what we've kind of done on this list is put most likely fits that he would fit into the scheme, mm-hmm. and being wide receivers, they're not you know they're not quarterbacks, so you're not going to expect them to go to a specific team. Any yeah. of these wide receivers could realistically go to any uh, any team in the NFL. But most likely where they land depends on the talent that they're going to give. That's so right. what what I kind of want to do is look at if they go to Team X, how are they going to be? Okay. Let's do it. So let's look at, I've already mentioned them, the Bears. Yeah, the Bears. So with Cortland Sutton going to the Bears, they picked up A-Rob in the offseason. So that's going to um, you know, boost their weapons. If they can incorporate Sutton into their offense, they've already had an Alshon Jeffrey-type player. Um, his name was Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he did really well there. Um, mm-hmm. He did really well there under a very mediocre quarterback uh, when Jay Cutler was there. The compliment that Sutton could give to A-Rob if he goes there is going to it's going to boost A-Rob and it's going to help uh, Sutton kind of have a, a good rookie a good rookie season. Yeah, I mean basically if if Sutton ends up going to somewhere like the Bears, he's going to be the number two slash number three guy. Kevin White, I'm convinced, will not be a a significant role. I know everybody's still hoping and hanging on to him for some reason. But the dude's just way too fragile. It's going to be Allen Robinson, and if they get Sutton early on, say round one, uh, this it could be really interesting with uh, Taylor Gra- Gabriel in the slot. It, it'll it'll be a dynamic offense. I mean, it, I know that's crazy with Mitch Trubisky and then Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. That that offense could start shaping up if they make a couple good moves in the first and second round to help really help them out. They their defense is already stout. Um, I know it's crazy to say, but I think the Chicago Bears are going to surprise a lot of people this year, and, and it really depends on how they draft these first couple rounds, first couple days of the NFL draft. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Trubitsky, he's, he's got some, or I shouldn't say he's got some room to grow. He's got a lot of room to grow. But if they can add a third dynamic receiver 
They're going to have, I love Taylor Gabriel, by the way, what he did in Atlanta. Um, And if they can have two strong outside receivers, the slot receiver, like you said, um, two good running backs in the back that can run and catch. Another team I want to mention uh, before we move on from Cortland Sutton is the 49ers. Very possible that 49ers are looking for some wide receiver talent. They have Pierre Garcon, which I think is very serviceable. Marquise Goodwin, who's proved himself to be a potential big play guy. I think Cortland Sutton would fit nice in with the 49ers. And of course, Jimmy Garoppolo showing that he can definitely spread the ball around and get the play, get the ball to players that need it. Um, so I think that's a really good fit for him as well. Yeah, yeah I completely agree. Yeah. No, I, I, okay. I agree. The 49ers uh, receiving core is, is a dumpster fire. Um, I, I like Garcon, but he's, he's old. Um, I like Goodwin. I really do like Goodwin a lot, um, but they have no depth. So they're going to be gunning for some receivers. And if they go high and take Sutton, definitely watch out for them. Yeah, I think so too. All right, moving on to a Texas A&M uh, wide receiver, Christian Kirk. I like that name, but uh, I don't. He's, 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 looking at, <laughs> he's looking at like rounds two to three, uh, maybe a little bit later than that. Uh, over 200 receptions, almost 3,000 yards, 26 touchdowns for him. Uh, over the course of his career at Texas A&M. A good player comp to him, the the closest that we could find that I found consistent was Sterling Shepard. Just a uh, a good all-around receiver, good hands. Let's talk about some of the fits, uh, some good fits for for Christian Kirk here. So the, the first team that we got on the list is the Browns. Uh, we'll talk about both of these because I, I think they're kind of uh, comparable. Browns and Saints. Sure. If if he goes to either of these teams, he could be a great receiver, but he's got to be a phenomenal receiver to be on either mm-hmm. one of these teams because of yep. the competition that he's looking at in the receiving core of these two teams. I mean, yep. you know, with if he goes to um, – I'm sorry, if he goes to if, the Browns, you're looking at Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman. Um, you know, he, even, I think he, go ahead. No, nah, even competing uh, targets with David Njuku, Njoku, Njoku. Yeah. Yep. Um, um, so Duke, Duke Johnson. Uh, yeah. It's, there's not going to be enough to go around there, whoever their quarterback's going to be in uh, Cleveland. They're going to have a favorite. And the only way that he gets any targets is if he becomes that uh, that quarterback's favorite. I don't see it being the the fourth round or the fourth uh, fourth guy on the bench, rookie right. receiver. So right. um, At, that could be a deep stash if he goes to the Browns or the Saints because it's the same problem in the Saints. Yeah. What's right. Yeah. 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 No. Absolutely. I mean, just going back to really quick to you know he's he's a smaller guy. He's under six feet tall. He's like five ten. Um, he, he, he's, because he's so small, he doesn't have a big catch radius. He's not going to be that big guy. So that's why we kind of compared him to Sterling Shepard. That's as close as I could find. But yeah, I mean, the same goes with the Saints, you know, competing with Michael Thomas and those guys over there. Drew Brees does know how to spread the ball around. So anybody on the Saints offense has the opportunity, but still you're looking, uh, very talented, but just a small guy to make a big impact immediately. But it's still out of out of this class. It's not a super strong wide receiver class, as Steve and John mentioned it in our dynasty episodes. Um, not a super strong wide receiver class. So you're going to kind of take what you get. And he definitely has a talent and the speed, but 
uh, just a small guy in the NFL. It's it's hard to really make your mark. You have to you have to be really athletic to to do well in this position. Right. Exactly. All right. Let's move on to Calvin Ridley out of Alabama, an SEC guy. Uh, there was a trend yesterday with a ton of SEC guys, and on our list for the wide receivers, there's not too much. But Calvin Ridley coming out of Alabama, over 200 receptions, 19 touchdowns over his career. A uh, good player comp to Calvin Ridley is Amari Cooper. Um, now, I know we're we're kind of talking about these same teams a little bit over and over again because we see the fits. You know, we're, we're going to talk about the Bears again because they actually really do need that number two wide receiver, uh, that big guy on the on the other side of A-Rob. Are we looking at a, a good fit here for the Bears if uh, if Sutton doesn't fall to him? And I mean, are, so, are they going to look at Calvin Ridley here? So the the way when i look at any rookie going into the nfl um based on the round that they go in obviously is the potential that these professional nfl teams see in the player so they're more likely to be good however with that being said how many times have we seen late round wide receivers and uh running backs come out and just be absolute superstars david johnson for example Nobody expected this dude from Northern Iowa to come out and tear it up, right. and and yet he did. So it's, like I said at the beginning, it's the right player for the, the right scheme. Now, I don't, you know, Dale does not pay me enough, actually, at all to <laughs> to make a living out of this, so I don't have the time to invest in the, the player profiles that the NFL does, but... So anything could be sent for any of these players going to, say, the Bears. So uh, looking at other teams that he could go to, yeah, he sure he sure could be a fit in the Bears um, because Amari Cooper has, you know, the player comparison of Amari Cooper has the strengths to be that number two to A-Rob. But mm-hmm. looking at some of these other teams and diving into them, we talked about the 49ers. Um, looking at, I see my boys are on there, Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys are in dire need of some wide receivers. So Ridley going to the Cowboys would be an amazing step for them in the right direction to, because he would have the potential by the end of the year being this year's Michael Thomas in Dallas and, you know, stepping up and being the number one. I get it. Now it's not a popular opinion, and I know you talked about your boys, the Cowboys. Uh, but I'm going to talk about the Dolphins for a second. The Dolphins have come up in a couple places for uh, good fits for some of these wide receivers on our list. Uh, they just signed Devonta Parker to the extension. They have a Danny Amendola now as you know playing basically the slot. They have Kenny Stills on the outside, which is good. It'll take the top off defenses, but I think having a bigger guy like like Calvin Ridley would really do wonders for this offense and really help Ryan Tannehill out uh, I mean I'm excited to see what the Dolphins do I I wouldn't mind if they get a wide receiver in the second round I wouldn't mind it at all yeah and I mean we all know your your boy Ryan he needs all the help he can get <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right uh moving on to Anthony Miller of Memphis uh he's looking at probably around round three uh just over 230 receptions, almost 4,000 yards, and 37 touchdowns. Uh, a lot of analysts and big-time draft guys are comparing him to Doug Baldwin. 
Uh, what does this mean for you in terms of fitting in for somebody like, I don't know, the Broncos or the Redskins, uh, teams like that? But let's start with the Broncos. How about that? <clears throat> Sorry, I'm. Uh, that makes great. That makes for great radio. <clears throat> anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because on the list you sent me, you have his um, his rushing attempts on here, <laughs> and it's oh, a yeah. hundred and forty eight exclamation point <laughs> yards. <laughs> I just read it just like that in my head. Um, so <clears throat> Miller, he's um, he's one of the faster wide receivers on this list. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, but going to someone like the Broncos or the Redskins, the both of these teams are kind of in the, the same boat as like uh, like the 49ers. They, they got their number one, but I think both these teams are still um, working out who what their depth's going to be moving into mm-hmm. the year. And mm-hmm. with the Broncos releasing C.J. Anderson, now I know it's not you know a popular thing to in the NFL anyways for wide receivers to be running the ball, but if you can get someone like Anthony Miller that can do those uh, trick plays, um, yeah. and you know with Broncos and Redskins alike, um, you know Gruden likes to every now and then. Uh, pull out those those crazy trick plays. So having someone, Anthony Miller, um, you know, you got player comp Doug Baldwin. Um, you know, I could see him almost being like a, a Tyreek Hill too. Um, sure. That is, uh, you know, those those quick slants, not being not playing in the slot necessarily, but those quick slants and uh, you know getting the ball. Yeah, I like I'll, I like him. Yeah, outside for the Broncos at least outside of Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. There's really not much. Um, Case Keenum can move the ball around. He's definitely a competent quarterback. He can use the help as you know, getting a another guy out there like Anthony Miller uh, to take take some pressure off. So, I, I think it would be interesting to see what the Broncos do. I know that they're kind of set with Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, great wide receivers, both of them. But uh, I think it would be nice to have an addition here. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Okay. All right. Next up is DJ Moore out of Maryland. He's another guy looking at uh, around the third round, maybe second round, 146 receptions, over 2,000 yards for his career, 17 touchdowns. Uh, A player comp to him would be somebody like Jarvis Landry. Tell me, let's talk a little bit about the Jaguars' needs and if they were to get a wide receiver, say, in in the third round, let's play hypotheticals here Jaguars take a wide receiver in the third round what does that do for the for the Jaguars so the 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 Jags they if you look at what they did last year um no this year they don't have Hearns um or Mm -hmm. A-Rob right when last year you know A-Rob was hurt so even having him uh Hearns last year their top three receivers were so close, statistically speaking, yeah. that the the competition I believe is going to be so fierce that, or is going to be so close. If DJ Moore goes to the Jags and and can prove prove himself there, he's destined to be a wide receiver one for the Jags. Now, here's my only reservation. Moore's good, but. Uh, he played for Maryland. Yeah, exactly. You know, so yeah. his 
His statistics are pretty good, but mm-hmm. Maryland football has they. I don't know if it's going to translate well to the NFL. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, with with the Jags, they did sign Dante Moncrief in the offseason. They have Marquise Lee, which I think is going to be a a decent number one wide receiver for this team. Uh, don't forget about Keelan Cole and D.D. Westbrook, who had their moments late in the season last year. Uh, D.J. Moore uh, playing the slot receiver uh, for the Jags. I'm okay with it. I, I know the Jags have some other issues to work out, too. I mean, they also got Sever- Austin Safarian Jenkins, don't forget, um, catching the ball. So... I think the Jags going into next season are going to be a little bit more uh, pass-happy than they were last year. Uh, I think they can lean on Leonard Fournette, but I think that's going to open up a lot for Blake Bortles as well. So I'm interested to see what happens here. Yeah, no, I I, I completely agree. I think uh, DJ Moore's got a, a good future in the NFL, and if he goes to the Jags, I think he's going to tear it up. Okay, awesome. All right, next guy, a little bit later rounds from Notre Dame, uh, Equanimous St. Brown. I cannot believe I said that name without stuttering because I'm pretty sure I said it right. I, I don't know how I did it. I think we can end the show Equan- right here. Equanimous. <laughs> yeah, cut. I, I think I said it cut. right. <laughs> I was just going to call him ESB. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh didn't do a ton, but you know he did have 13 touchdowns and 92 receptions over his career at Notre Dame. Player comp to him would be a big guy similar to Vincent Jackson. I know that's kind of um, a few couple years ago, but Vincent Jackson, big body position type guy, receiver who also has some speed. Um, where do you think? Let's talk about some other teams maybe that we haven't talked about yet that are maybe in need of some wide receivers. We shall. <clears throat> so looking at, um, let's go with Packers. Okay. So, uh, and, and again, like you said, he's going to be a later round, round three or four. And these later round uh, wide receivers is going to be really hard to pinpoint where they're going to land. But the the need for the, the Packers losing Jordy Nelson, they're going to need that deep threat. Um, Randall Cobb. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sold on. I actually I never no, was never. sold on. Um, I got a lot of love for Adams. Um, sure. He's made you know great strides. So if ESB, that's what I'm going to call him because I can't say a, a quan- sure. Yeah, Equanimous. 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 Yeah, it ain't that hard. Equanimous. If he um, if he that's lands there, saying. I think um, I think he can easily snag that wide receiver three slot and he I don't think he's going to be a a slot receiver but I think he can give Cobb um, either a break and be able to if he proves himself you know later in the year this isn't going to be someone you're probably going to necessarily draft but you're going to want to keep an eye on him and maybe pick him up on your waiver or if Mm -hmm. you're wanting to take that uh, that dart throw if you're in a deeper league this could be someone that you really want to want to hone in on. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to want to throw the ball this year. He has a new toy, Jimmy Graham. He has Devontae Adams, which is a huge help. Randall Cobb, I'm 100% with you. I think if they end up driving, drafting a wide receiver in rounds three or four or so and draft a guy like a quantum St. Brown, 
I think it'll be great for him. I think Randall Cobb slip, steps back in uh, to more of a slot role, and um, and Equanimous sits opposite of Devontae Adams. I think it's good for everybody because outside of Cobb and Adams, you're looking at guys like D'Angelo Yancey and Geronimo Allison. Yeah, and we've not all much, heard of those much. guys. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah. All right. Next guy I want to talk about is, oh, another SEC guy. Uh, DJ, oh, well, I almost screwed that up. DJ Chark. <laughs> C-H-A-R-K, DJ Chark. Uh, almost 1,400 yards, six touchdowns in his career, rushed the ball a handful of times. Uh, player comp to DJ Chark is a speedy guy like Torrey Smith. Take the tops off defenses. Uh, somebody like the Redskins, I think, can really use him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, I think he if he goes to the Redskins, he can be that uh, the, the Sean Jackson that they've been missing. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, taking the tops off defenses, uh, stretching the field. Uh down deep um now the go ahead i'm sorry no 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 by all means this is your show i'm just i'm just a guest (laughs) i I just want to mention the (laughs) signings of uh of washington with paul richardson uh joining the squad probably as more of a slot receiver type player Uh, then they have dachson and crowder filling in as well um and don't forget they also have brian quick so they are filling up their pass catchers pretty quickly and don't forget about Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis is still playing. Uh so Alex Smith is going to have a tons of opportunity to pass Vernon around. Davis. So basically they need to draft a tight end <laughs> for week 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh but look at this. Paul Richardson is speedy for sure. Um but somebody like DJ Chark is could be a difference maker with his speed and seeing how he can fit in with a team and media impact i don't know i doubt it but it could definitely be a a serviceable to, yeah, to the redskins course, i think let's move on to james washington oklahoma state looks like maybe late third round i'm sorry late second round early third is where james washington would probably go almost 40 touchdowns in his career uh man i would hate to be uh, we looked at some of the player comps. Just, um, I just want to put this little asterisk in here. We looked at some player comps, and I would, it, it was hard to find exact player comps that everybody knew that everybody could relate to. It would suck to be compared to Corey Coleman. That's not like a great comp. I mean, I guess what, what is what it is. But James Washington is compared to Corey Coleman by a lot of people. What we haven't talked about the Bills yet, and the Bills are probably going to draft a wide receiver at some point maybe by the third or fourth round. What are your thoughts on James Washington going to the Buffalo Bills? Buffalo Bills. See, I was thinking more of uh, the Cardinals, but we'll, we'll touch on the Bills. Uh, kind of the same, uh, same thing. They've, they've got their big guy in Benjamin. They got their, their quick guy in Jones. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't see I don't see a player like Washington fitting in with the Bills. And now that I say that, he's going to get drafted by them. Uh, of course, of course. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I really, I just wanted to mention the Bills just because we haven't right. talked about them yet. And they will, you know, there, there's room for a wide, outside of Zay Jones and Kelvin Benjamin, right. there's really, there's nothing to really talk about. Uh, did you know Rod Streeter was on the was employed by the Buffalo Bills? I, remember I, Rod I didn't Streeter? even know he was still alive. Yeah, yeah, crazy, uh, right? He sure is. Um, 
Um, well, so one quick thing about Washington, James Washington. His career stats is 226 rece- receptions, almost 4,500 yards, 39 yeah. touchdowns. That's crazy. crazy. So yeah. if you can put up that much volume at Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State's not you know a, a podunk school. So right. if you can put up that much volume, I could see him doing really well wherever he goes. My biggest question mark if in Buffalo is um, who's going to be getting him the ball. Now, okay, yeah. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> well, let's see how long that lasts um, because he's he's only a bridge quarterback as it is. So right. um, that's that's my biggest question mark. I would like to see Washington – go to somewhere more like Arizona where he's going to have, um, I want to say like a longer career, um, with the, the talent that surrounds him. Cause the Buffalo over the last couple years, correct me if I'm wrong, but Buffalo has been a revolving door for offensive players. Uh, for the most part, I mean, that offense has been atrocious, uh, from play calling to coaching to everything. So yeah, I get it. Um, I'm a huge Tyrod Taylor fan and we all saw what happened to Tyrod Taylor, uh, basically handcuffed. Uh, just FYI, Teddy, you met AJ McCarron. Or McCarron. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. McCarron. Yeah. McCarron. Yeah. I, I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah. All right. Uh, good deal. Buffalo, New York. They're, Let's, they're close. Yeah. Close enough. Uh, Auden Tate. From Florida State. <laughs> hey, that uh, rhymes. <laughs> uh, they're going in the later, later rounds. We're looking at probably the fifth round or so. Uh, 65 receptions, 16 touchdowns. Not a horrible uh, ratio here. A player comp they're giving Auden Tate is Kelvin Benjamin, another big guy. I mean, these big guys, they, they'll make room for you. If you're a 6'2 you know, plus, they're going to make room for you. And uh, Auden Tate is going to be that guy for for somebody for a uh, for a needy team. Yeah. So keep keep talking, Dale. I'm, I I want to I want to find yeah. something. I knew I knew Auden Tate was huge. I I assume six two or six three. He's actually six five six five two hundred and twenty five pounds. Uh, so that in itself, he's uh, a freak. Uh, very similar to Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, get up, get the uh, jump balls, stuff like that. So. Auden Tate is definitely a guy that you can look at. Some of the, you know, the Cardinals pop up a lot with Auden Tate in those later rounds. Uh, the Panthers, we haven't talked much about. I want to know a little bit more about the Panthers and what kind of fit he would be going in there. His career stats are only off of two seasons. And uh, yeah. last season, he only had 40 catches because we got here 65 receptions, not even 1,000 yards. Um, didn't even break 15 yards per reception. Um, so he he doesn't have a lot of uh, statistics to, to back up what kind of receiver he's going to be. He wasn't the number one receiver at Florida State. But here's the other statistic that I left off. He had 16 touchdowns, 10 of those last year, off of 40 receptions. So every fourth yeah. catch that this dude caught was a touchdown. So... Yep. He's a red zone threat. He, mm-hmm. like you said, you, you're uh, player comp to Kelvin Benjamin. 
So he's yeah. he's going to have the hands, the size, the jump to get the ball. So going yep. somewhere like the Panthers where they have I mean De- Devin Funches is it, huge. Torrey Smith is going to be a speedy guy, but be outside of Funches and Smith there's not much, and they. I think they need to find somebody else. Of course, Christian McCaffrey is a, a really good pass catcher, and they have Greg Olson. But as far as having another receiver, that could be opposite Devin Funches. Funches, yeah. Funches I, is I, a is a good fifty yeah. fifty ball. Um, he, but he's yeah. not a red zone threat. Um, Torrey Smith isn't right. a red zone threat. He's he's a fast player. Um, right. But yeah. you have Greg Olson and McCaffrey to spread out the outsides. And then you have Cam Newton who has his own set of legs um, that you have to worry about. So if you can get that receiver that has a red zone threat, uh, you know, asterisks on him, then it's going to really tear down those defenses. Now it might help Olsen and McCaffrey a little bit more than it could help Auden Tate if he goes to the Panthers, but it's just something to keep in the back of your head. Don't look for Auden Tate. He's he's going to be much better in standard leagues versus any type of PPR. For sure, for sure. And it's you know it. And all this really depends on the fits. I mean, th- this guy he's big enough where even a team that doesn't need a wide receiver immediately could snag him up a little bit earlier just because those huge, big body, good hands guys don't come around that often when you're talking about a 6'5 guy. All right. Uh, the very last guy I want to talk about is Dante Pettis out of Washington. Another guy that's looking at around the fourth round or so of the NFL draft. Uh, over 2,000 yards, 24 touchdowns in his career. And it's basically the same suspects that are looking at all the wide receivers that we already talked about. Guys like the Panthers, the Cardinals, the Saints, the Bears, those guys. Um what are your thoughts on Dante Pettis immediately? So Pettis, I read an article that uh, Pettis is a um, a first round surprise. I'm not saying he's going on the first round, but they're they're slating. Um, it was something like five potential uh, surprises in the first round, and one of the surprises was the Packers picking up Pettis. Now I know we, we already talked about uh, the Packers, but getting a wide receiver like uh, Pettis to come into Green Bay, like we talked about with the loss of um, Jordy Nelson and Cobb already, mm-hmm. you know, declining. Um, right. It could be a little rich, uh, pick 14, because that's where Green Bay's picking to, to reach for him. But, but yeah, that's uh, reach. Pettis is could be that surprise that the Packers need. Interesting. That'd be interesting. I and the you know the the, the pros and cons to Pettis uh, are are pretty um, pretty. Um, this is where Christian would stop me usually. Hey, stop! <laughs> you know, there it's it's pretty consistent. I'm, I'm not your dad. That's what I was gonna say. Consistent consistent um you know his strengths and weaknesses is pretty consistent with everybody else's but he has really good footwork he can catch the ball very well he runs great routes um, but then some of his weaknesses of course are you know that maybe he's not a very good leader and he's not very physical so anyways that's 10 wide receivers that we talked about 
I hope that our recap of where they're going to fit in helped you guys understand a little bit, getting you ready for the draft, at least when these guys' names are called in the first, second, third, fourth day. Um, that at least you'll recognize their names and say, oh, okay, I, I've heard of him at least. Because uh, this is a nice little primer for everybody. Wade, before we go, I need to talk about Trapped in the Closet, Chapter 2. Have you, do, do you really do you really need me for this? Yeah, yeah, I do. Did you watch Trapped in the Closet, Chapter 1? So as soon as you mentioned it, okay. Trapped in the Closet, okay. I Googled what Trapped in the Closet was, Great. and I prayed to God that it wasn't another porn site. <laughs> and it wasn't. Okay. No, did I did you, not watch Trapped in the Closet. You are missing out. What am I missing out on? Dude, okay. I'm missing out on... On R. Kelly peeing on somebody? No, 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 no. This is totally different than... This is not R. Kelly. This is Sylvester. Okay? This is his character here. Okay, I'll back you up. Last... Yesterday... <laughs> yesterday, we talked about Chapter 1. And basically, the quick cliff notes of Chapter 1 is... Sylvester woke up with a, you know with a woman in another bed. And he's trying to get out of the house. And he ended up having to hide in the closet because her husband was coming home. So at the end of the episode, at the end of the chapter, the husband opened the door and R. Kelly had a gun in his face, and that's the end of chapter one. So the big cliffhanger. What's going to happen in chapter two? Uh, you know, is R. Kelly going to end up shooting this guy or what? So I'm here to tell you, just give you a quick breakdown. If you haven't seen chapter two, you definitely need to. But chapter two, having discovered Sylvester in his wife's closet, the husband nearly attacks him, but stops because Sylvester is armed. As you remember, you know, we, we said he, he pulled out a pistol. He tells Sylvester that he is a pastor and not prone to violence. When Sylvester tries to leave, the husband tells him to stay because he wants to reveal a secret of his own. Okay. Do you, you know where I'm going with this? No. Oh, man. Okay, so he gets on the phone and he calls somebody baby and say, turn the car around and come upstairs. Now Sylvester's getting anxious, like, what the hell is going on? Sylvester has a gun in this pastor's face. And someone knocks on the door, and in just a couple seconds, the husband opens the door and turns out to be another man, revealing that the husband is bisexual. Womp, womp, womp. So now it's, the plot's getting thickened. Like, what's going to happen now? Chapter the, the difference between chapter one and two, crazy stuff happened. Chapter three... I'm telling you, if you guys haven't seen Chapter Three, if you want to wait until my synopsis, or if you want to wait, if you want to watch it now and then listen to my synopsis later, but uh, chap- so, Chapter Two is amazing. Dale, how the hell did you and Burrito get on this R. Kelly uh, tangent? I don't know. I don't remember. We were talking about Trapped in the Closet, and it was it was an idea. We were saying, "Hey, this would be good," and uh, like anything else, and it probably isn't. But I think the world needs to know. I really do. So now you guys know chapter one and chapter two. See, look, this is a little thing we call on radio. It's a it's like a tease, right, Wade? So we tell them that we're going to talk about chapter three tomorrow, and guess what? Every single listener that's listening to this, they're going to jump on and listen to the next episode because they know we're going to be talking about chapter three. They're going to say, what the hell is going to happen in chapter three? I will give you one thing, Dale. You are really good at teasing me. <laughs> All right. So that wraps up. <laughs> the wide receiver episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the synopsis of chapter two of trapped in the closet. If you don't know what it is, um, just YouTube it. Look for trapped in the closet chapter. Start with chapter one. I just explained chapter two. Chapter three is coming. 
Oh, we're going to have episode 200 tomorrow on Facebook Live. Uh, so if you're not part of the Eat Nation private group, uh, become a member and you can watch it live or we'll just put it on YouTube and we'll post it on all social media. Big surprises, but more than anything, we're going to be talking about Trapped in the Closet. So uh, for Wade, I appreciate Wade, the guru, the fantasy mastermind of fantasy football. I appreciate him coming by, and um, he's much better than Christian or Armando, so I appreciate that. Hello. For Wade, my name is Dale. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow, episode 200. Yeah. Eat, sleep, fantasy, you rocking with the best. NFL fantasy football podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs, better follow. The conversation with Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming, eat nation, we doing what we like. Tune in every week, guarantee we get it hype. Fantasy, football enthusiasts, I know you plan to be. Joining us on Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Yeah, Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Woo! Eat, sleep, fantasy.